0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Serving as a Good Soldier podcast. We want to thank you for uh, taking your time to listen. And uh, we want to uh, do a study on Numbers chapter number 13. And uh, before we get into it, I do want to tell Brother Cody Harris thank you for uh, helping with the icon and helping with some other little details. And uh, we want to let you and your family know that we are praying for your mom in this uh, difficult time. Praying for her to uh, get better and be able to come home. And uh, we'll go ahead and jump right into it, Numbers 13. We find here, this is where the spies and uh, the report come about. Moses is sending the spies out. And uh, me, Brother Jacob Mock, and Brother Charles Smith did our own little study. By no means, we are professionals by no means. And uh, we just want to be a help and a blessing to you. And uh, this is really for young people, young preachers. But we found some things to help just people in general. In this uh, uh, this passage of scripture, but and we'll start out in chapter number thirteen, and uh, we won't go really in order. But I just I want to deal with uh, verse number thirty, and it says, Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, "Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it." But the men that went up with him said, "We will we be not able to go up against the people." For they are stronger than we are. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of, uh, children of Israel, saying, The, the land though we which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the, the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And uh, we, I want to deal with really the... Uh, the promise of God, the doubt in it, the doubt in the promise. But we see in uh, Joshua, we'll refer to Joshua chapter number 14, verse number 7. And it says, 40 years old I was, this is Caleb talking, 40 years I was when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it, uh, again as it was in my heart. And I want to deal with really uh, my part of what I really got out of it was telling your heart to the wrong people. Uh, even in these, these uh, 40 years, we know that at the time of Joshua chapter 14, Caleb was at least over 80 years old. Right. Uh, but he got to see the promise of God revealed that God had promised him and when he was 40 years old when uh, Moses sent him out. Sent him and men out. But to every young preacher, every young person, I want to say be very, very careful to who you tell your heart to. Amen. Because Caleb come back and told all of his heart. He he says that we're going to be able to take the land. And Joshua said that they're going to be able to take the land. But you had a bunch of doubting people that said that uh, that they're not going to be able to take it. And don't doubt. The one great preacher told me. "It says don't doubt God in the dark. What he showed you in the light. There's going to be some things that God show you in the light. He's going to show you on the mountaintop. But when you go through the valley. Do not doubt God. What he showed you on that mountaintop in the valley. God promised Israel the land. And Caleb and Joshua remembered the promise. And said that we're going to be able to take the land. We're going to be able to do this. And. All these men doubted and they feared. And let me tell you that that is a very powerful being in this day and time is fear and doubt. Amen. Fear is very, very uh, powerful in this day and time. Uh, I'll give you an example uh, of myself uh, before I come down to Georgia for a Bible college uh, with Brother Gravely. Uh, I had a couple of months in between before the first uh, first day of class and before moving down here. I really, God showed me that it was His will. Really, just a couple of weeks after I talked to Brother Gravely about the college, God showed me that it was His will. I continued to pray about it, and I really got a little worried, to be honest. I got I got scared. I was I was fearful of coming down. But what really got me was a fear of failure. Okay. And okay. failure is something that I fear greatly. That's one of my faults. I guess you can we can go and share that on the podcast. One thing about me is I have a problem because I just don't want to fail. I, and I guess that's, that should be with everybody, just not to the extent of what I have made it. But God showed me that it was his will for me to come down here. And I, I said, Lord, I, I don't want to be a failure I don't want to come back and uh, be a failure to my home church, to uh, to representation of my home church, my pastor, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to greatest of all, to the Lord. Right. And uh Lord said, I showed you. It was his promise for me to come down here. And if I would have missed God on that, and I'm not nobody special by no means. Don't, don't think that I'm trying to exalt myself. But if I would have missed God in that decision... I would have missed out on the promises of God. Amen. I would have missed out on His will. Exactly. But young people, be very, very careful to who you take counseling from. Uh, obviously, most importantly, take a counsel from God's Word. Secondly, take counsel from your pastor. But if just some some young person, young people come in one to two times a week, don't really care about the things of God, if you tell them uh your heart don't be a, don't be uh don't be uh ashamed, don't don't be surprised the word I'm trying to use. Don't be surprised when they uh discourage you. There's been some times where I have sh- I shared my heart and I and I you, should not have. Do. And uh you I got discouraged and I do. said, Lord, is that even gonna come to pass? Right. And there's some things that I, that God showed me that I, I mean, I've got big dreams. And young people dream big because God's promise will come to pass. Exactly. Make sure it's not your promise. Make sure it's not your will. But if it's God's will, it'll come to pass. And uh, we see this, and this, this really reminds me of the story of Samson when he told Delilah all his heart, be very, very careful, young people, to who you tell your heart to because it will come back. If you tell the wrong person. And don't let discouragement. Don't let doubt enter into your life. Because God is not the author of confusion. You may be here doubting your salvation. Doubting your call to preach. But God is not the author of confusion. These, the promise was very clear. To the children of Israel. Right. And only two people came back. Uh, to to tell. A, to have a good report. And young people. Young, young preachers. People in general. We're always supposed to have a good report. Well, and I know we live in a wicked world. I understand that. Oh yes. But we're always supposed to have a good report. If you go in uh for example, this if you go in and and somebody asks you how are you, how are you doing and I even I even I don't know about y'all fellas, but I even about hate asking people how you doing because they're going to come out <laughs> and tell you. And oh,
1: yeah.
0: we should always have a good report. Even you may be having a, the worst day of your life, right? But we should always have that good report. To, hey, I'm a a sinner saved by grace. I don't deserve to live this day. And I thank God for letting me, you know, wake out, uh, get out of bed, wake up to be able to have a job to go to. There's some things that we need to be grateful for. We need to have God's promise. And uh, uh, we'll let these other fellows uh, get what they have in it and uh, see what they got in it. I've noticed here in
2: verse number, I'll read you verse number one, two, and three. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, everyone a ruler among them. Verse number three says, And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. And everything that Brother Noah just brought out, I'm telling you, it is relevant to today. We have a lot of discouragement and there's a lot of, People that want to discourage you, and let me tell you something: the devil, the devil, sometimes ain't going to come at you. He knows he can't yeah. get you because exactly. where you're at. But if he can get you defeated and discouraged in yeah. your walk with the Lord, he knows that he can have you. He can make you ineffective as a Christian. He can make you ineffective as a witness. Amen. So do not let the. Be careful. I just want to say that. Be careful. Who you hang around? Amen. The yeah, Bible, you know, yeah, uh, we say it a lot of times we say you're known by the company you keep. You become that company. Yeah. You become them people that you hang around. So be careful. I'm gonna tell you if you got some old, I'm talking about some old fuddy duddies that always want to cry and complain and whine about different things. I'll be honest with you. I'd get rid of them. I don't know about y'all. Right. Yeah,
0: I would too. Yeah.
2: But uh, I noticed in verse number two it says, "Sin thou men." And verse number one actually says, and "The Lord spake unto Moses." We I thank God this this evening, this morning. Amen. That. He still speaks in today's time. Amen. Can you imagine going back in the, in the, in the days where God, did, God, when you go to Malachi to Matthew, them, them quiet times? No, we not That he didn't speak? 400 years. 400 years. But he's still speaking today. Amen. He's still calling today. It says the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Send thou men. And if I could say one thing, young people, if God is calling you to do something, bless God, do it. Do not hesitate. Do not uh, turn around. Don't think about it. Do it. Amen. Pray about it. But uh, i am tell you, if God tells you to do something, the Bible says that if you're his sheep, you know his voice. You know you know that you know the, the one that's calling you. You know the one that's telling you what to do. So if he tells you to do something, do it. And I want to say, parents, do not discourage your kids if they want to do something for the Lord. Hey, Amen. Yeah. Do not put that bug in their ear that says, oh, uh, you're, you're too young. You can't do that. Bless God, tell them to do it if they want to do it. He says, and they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers. So sent a man, every everyone a ruler among them. God is looking for a capable and able men, amen, to go into the ministry and to serve him with their whole heart. Okay, it says, if you go down, it says in Moses, verse number 17, he says, and Moses sent them to file the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain. I thank God that we have some mountaintop experiences into our life. Amen. It says, and see the land. We realize what Canaan is. We realize that Canaan is a a victorious Christian life. Is living a, a, a victorious Christian life. He says, and see the land. What it is, in verse number 18, And the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is in that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, or what cities they be that dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. In verse number 20, And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage. And that's what we need. Yeah. We need some folks that will be of good courage. Yeah. But I want you to go down it says, Right here in verse number 27, he says, And they told him... And said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely, surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Can you imagine if you study out the fruits? It says that they would, they, they took a rod, and they put the, they put the grape on the rod, and it took two men to bear just one grape, one cluster of grapes off, uh, off that. How big the grape and how plentiful the fruit was. This was a land that they knew that they said, Okay, we have a good report saying, and they're saying, We see the land, and it surely floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. It says, Nevertheless the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the city here it goes right here, trying to discourage somebody. And the cities are walled and very great and where we saw the children of Anak there. And verse number 29 says uh, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And listen, this is right here. Thank God for some Caleb's in the ministry and in our lives. Amen. Sometimes when we get bent out of shape, when we get worried, when we get discouraged, discouraged, we can have somebody like a Caleb in our lives. Yeah. A lot of times it can be a good friend, somebody that you know that's rooted and grounded in the Word of God and is grounded in their church. We can have somebody like that just come by and steal us. It says, thank God for some intercessory help, amen. Amen. Yeah. It says, and Caleb still the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we amen my throat's trying to give out on me it says for they are stronger than we hey i'm telling you, that's how it is there's a lot of time there's doubt that comes in our lives there's doubt that people try to bring into our lives but I thank God that there's some Caleb's that are still, still the people, amen? Yeah. There's some Caleb's, there's some pastors, there's some people, uh, there's some people in leadership, there's some people, there's some friends, amen, that are still when everything else is around you. Thank God. And I want you to notice that you say, well, there's a lot of times he says, he told, he, told these, he told these these men to go. He says, send some men. He says, I want you to send. He says, send thou men in verse number two. And you realize in verse number 33, he talks about the giants that you're gonna find. He says, the giants that, Here And there's going to be some times, young people, that when you're walking on your life and you're going on your life's journey, if you're in this thing long enough, you're going to encounter some giants. Amen. You're going to encounter some times that it seems like the walls are too high. It seems like the walls are too strong. You can't get over it. (coughs) Because it says in verse 28, it talks about, then the cities are walled and very great. That's going to be like that sometimes. But it, what is it? what did he say? What did Caleb tell him right here? He says, and let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. You have the means necessary to conquer anything in your Christian wall. Yeah. Amen. God's not going to send you somewhere without giving you the provision to conquer and to live in that
0: place. Yeah. Where God guides, he will provide. He will
2: provide. He's provided. He always will provide And I'm telling you, you're going to face some giants. You're going to face some uh, very discouraging times. But I'm telling you, stay on and keep on keeping on. Keep the main thing, the main thing. And I'm telling you, fall in love with God. Fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with your church. And fall in love with the word of God. And I'm telling you, you can conquer anything because why? Uh, the the Bible says if God can be for us, who can be against us? Amen. He can do anything above all which we can think or ask. He is able. Amen. We can overcome anything. And I thank God, Amen, that there's some men, hey, let me tell you something, young people. Just go. We need the Bible the Bible says that the fields are uh the they're white to harvest, he said, but the laborers are few. We need some folks that to be servants and be laborers in the local church, serving their, underneath their pastor, helping the man of God. And I'm talking about winning souls of Christ. Amen. Uh, the, the Bible says that a man that wins souls is wise. I'm telling you, bless God. If you want to be wise, amen, start winning souls for Christ. If you want to know what God wants you to do, start winning souls for Christ. Cause I'm telling you, it is worth it to, amen, to see a soul not die and go to
0: hell. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, Numbers chapter 13, he says, send thou men. As Brother Jacob has said, there is reason if you go down and uh, for the sake of uh, me not having to say these names, uh, I encourage you going and reading these names uh, in chapter 13. But God names these names specifically. I understand that there is uh, the whole children of Israel, but God picked these men out. And you may say I'm a nobody from nowhere, but God's got a plan for you. God's got a purpose for you, and He's got a promise for you. And you've got to heave to it, and you got to cleave to it.
1: Yeah, and uh, here in here in verse uh, or chapter 13, uh, you was talking about uh, facing those giants, brother Jacob. You was talking about. I was looking. I was looking over here in verse 26 through 33. And, uh, that was one of the things that I was really noticing was the obstacles that they faced right, right. and, uh, how they doubted. And you see there that the, that this land is already promised to them. Exactly. And so really they had no business. They didn't have to go spy on the land. They didn't have to go check it out. If God says it's there, then it's there, hey, you know? And so we see here, they went and they bring back a good yeah. report. Oh, they bring yeah. back and they're saying, Hey, look, you know, everything that the Lord said was there, it's there. He said it's true. But then they come up and they say, But we're gonna have to face some obstacles along the way. Oh yeah And they start pointing out all these things and they get scared and they start doubting it. And uh we we notice here that it's talking about in chapter fourteen, which we'll deal with this later, but over in chapter fourteen and verse thirty one it's Chapter 14 is really dealing with the judgment of Israel here. The Lord's judging them for not going. They're 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 doubting him. They're refusing to go. They're not going to go. They're going to stay right where they're at. And uh, so it's really dealing with that. And then we see here that in chapter 14 that the Lord's not going to let them go. This generation here is not going. In verse 31, it talks about that their children, their little ones, They he said that they will get to go. They can right. go. Right. Because they didn't really have a say in it. They couldn't make the decision, well, we're going to go or not. <laughs> So later on we see in Joshua chapter 6 that uh, they come up to Jericho and they face this this great walled city, Jericho. And so we see here that this obstacle stood in their way. And we heard it uh, here a while back, back in, what was it, January? Yeah, I believe so. Whenever, yes. whenever Brother Ricky Gravely had his revival meeting, Brother Andy Sutherland preached on, your Jericho has got to go. And he was talking about that wall. And he was talking about them facing that obstacle that stood in the way of and they they had three choices. They could have stayed there and wandered in the wilderness. They could have stayed there. They could have went in, taken Jericho, and stayed right there. Or they could have went on with the conquest that they uh, set out on. And so a lot of times we face trials and we face troubles in our life, and we sometimes get scared, and we'll usually stay right where we're at. We don't want to go any farther in, the, in our Christian rock. Right, right. Or we'll get out in the world. We'll get out in sin. We'll get involved with what we come across. And that was like kind of like what you were saying there before about being careful on who you hang out with. And the first thing that came to my mind was over there in Second Timothy chapter 4. I believe it was verse... Uh, I don't remember what verse it was. I believe it was verse... Let me see if I can find it real quick. It was verse number 5. It says, But watch thou in all things. And so no matter what what you're going through, no matter what it is you're doing, you need to, you need to be careful. You need to watch, watch in all things. And uh, make sure you're not getting into things that you shouldn't be getting into. And like you were saying with the people, a lot of times these people come in your life and you'll think they're your best friend. But the second they get you on their side, they want to identify themselves as as a Christian. They want to identify themselves as a saint of God. But the second they get you hooked, then they'll try to drag you down some other path. They'll try to get you on a different version Bible or try to get you in these different kinds of meetings and things like that. And so you kind of got to watch out for... Where you're at. But then back on the storm part, back on the the trials and the troubles, uh, I preached a message out of Matthew chapter 14 here just Wednesday. And I was looking over here where Peter, uh, he got out of the ship and he was walking on the water going to Jesus. And uh, we see here that uh, there was some doubt here in verse uh, number 28. He said, If it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water. And uh verse 29, the, the Jesus told him to come and so he gets out of the ship and he goes. And here in verse 30, it says, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and uh, beginning to sink and cried and cried saying, Lord, save me. And so I got to thinking about, you know, uh in this this past year and I don't even want to br- really bring a lot of that up and I ain't going to. But through this past year, we faced a lot of storms, we faced a lot of trials sure.
2: yes, uncertainty
1: and we 're still having some of that going on in our life today, right Things that happened back then we 're still dealing with today, still still trying to get some stuff sorted out and it seems like along the way, we get in these storms and like Peter here in Matthew chapter fourteen, uh, we take our eyes off the Lord and we start focusing more <laughs> on the storm. You notice here in verse uh, thirty he wasn't he took his eyes off the Lord, he started focusing on the storm. And he began to sink. Right. And so I was preaching on spiritually sinking. And whenever you uh, take your eyes off the Lord, and I had a list here of things that go. The first thing was your feet. That's your walk with the Lord. And so you, you take your eyes off the Lord, and the first thing goes. And if you look here at Peter's life, I know I'm trying. I'm kind of veering off course here. I'm looking at a totally different text, but we'll come back. So... You look at Peter here, and I would say that the first thing that happened when, if you just use your imagination for a, for a few minutes here, and mm-hmm. notice if he if he was sinking, and you think about if you begin to sink, if you was sinking that quick, we look at it as an instant. He, I mean, he, we would think that he just went right under. And so, oh, if you man. think about that, what would his what would his I don't know. I don't really know how I would word it. What would he do? What would you do if you was beginning to sink? The first thing I would think is your hands would go up in the air, your your eyes would be up towards the sky, your mouth would be open, and if you didn't know any better, it looked like you was in a service praising the Lord. Amen. And he was really sinking in the storm. Wow. And so you see this, and the first thing that went was his feet, and that's your walk with the Lord. And so really, if you focus on this and look at that, you can look at how how I know. If I'm spiritually sinking. And so you look at that, that your walk with the Lord. There used to be a time when you walked with the Lord and now it's like you're slacking up on it. Now you ain't now you ain't really you ain't walking like you shouldn't. And, and nobody can tell. The water's right over your feet, but it still looks like you're serving God. It looks like you're praising the Lord. But then the next thing goes is you begin to sink even farther. Uh you come to your knees. That's your prayer life. Amen. And you ain't praying like you should. There was a time when you used to pray every morning when you got out of bed. And now you've slacked up on that. Now you're just praying once a day. Maybe in the morning, it may be at night, maybe in the middle of the day. Next thing you know, you're you're praying every other day. Then it's once a week, then it's once a month. And you just slack off as you begin to go and go and go. And as you begin to sink, water begins to rise. Now now you're up to your hips. And now that's your legs. That was your stand. You used to stand for some things. Amen. And uh now you ain't now you ain't walking right, you ain't praying right, and you ain't standing like you should, and then you come up more towards your stomach. That's your appetite. And now you ain't. Now there was there was a time when you used to be hungry for God. There was a yes. time when you used to want to go to church. There was a time when you used to want to serve God. There was a time when you used to want to sing His praise. And but now you ain't. Now you're. And I was I was looking uh looking through some other other preachers trying to find somebody that was dealing with this subject just to try to get some other thoughts on it. And uh, I was I was listening to some other preachers. And uh, one of them was talking about whenever he was younger, he used to want to play football. And he was talking about talking about when you play football, you don't watch their head and you don't watch their feet because they can trick you with their feet and juke you with their head. He said, what you're going to watch is you're going to watch their waist. You're going to watch right there around their belly because wherever that goes is where they go. And you may be you may be fooling the preacher. You may be tricking him with your feet. and You may be tricking the church with your feet. But God knows exactly where your appetite is. He knows exactly where you're yeah, at might. there. Uh, but then as you begin to sink a little farther, then you come to your heart. That's the next thing that goes. And and that was your desire. There was a time when you used to have a desire to serve God. There was a time when you used to have a desire to walk for the Lord. There was a time when you had a desire to pray. There was a time when you desired to go to church and, and hear preaching. There was a time when you desired to to be with the brethren and be around your pastor, but now it seems like you just lost that desire. You don't like going to church anymore. You don't want to go to church. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. And then as you begin to sink a little farther, then you come to your shoulders. That's your burden bearer. And then that that that's what I was really looking at there the other night when I was preaching was helping bear the burdens around the church. And uh, as you as you begin to look at that, and then you look at your spiritual life if if you're sinking and you're slacking off there was a time when you used to help out at special meetings you'd help out in the kitchen you'd help do this and help do that take out the trash there was a time when you used to help mow the yard at the church there's a time when you used to help clean the church now you don't help bear the burdens anymore you're just leaving it on the pastor and right. leaving it on his family right. and then as you begin to sink more i'm trying to hurry up and get through this as you begin to sink more then you come up to your neck That was a time you used to turn to god and now the thing that used to turn you towards God is now turning you away from God. Right. And then you begin to sink a little farther. You come to your mouth. That's your shout. And now there was a time when you used to shout in church. There's a time when you used to stand up and testify. You used to brag on God. But now you're slowly, you're drifting off. Now now the water's come up. Now you've lost your mouth. And as you begin to go even more, now you come up to your nose. And we all know that once, once your nose goes underwater, you can't breathe. And if you can't breathe, you die. And as you begin to sink farther, all that's really left is your eyes. That's your sight. There's a time when you used to look to God. There's a time when you used to look up to your pastor, and you used to look up to, to your pastor's family. There's a time when you used to look up to those older saints of God. Now you don't care where they're at. You don't care what they're doing. And you face these trials. You face these storms in your life. But then we come back over here to Numbers chapter 13. and We see here that they started out this journey. They started out on this conquest. And they had every intentions on going to Canaan. They had good intentions on following the Lord. They had good intentions on going through with what God had them, but then they faced these obstacles in their life. They faced these storms and then we see the doubt. They start backing off. They start beginning to they are afraid, well, much like Peter was here, of course. Whenever he saw the wind and and the waters crashing, the wind was still crack or the wind was still blowing the waves were still crashing storm was raging he was afraid and he began to sink and then you see there where he saved him and there's a lot of us we're we're getting to the place where israel here was at we're starting to doubt we're starting to be afraid of what what's in, in front of us what's come along in our life and this can go for young people this can go for adults this can go for anybody it doesn't matter man woman boy or girl no matter what it is you're facing if you'll just stick with god look he had the doubt. Over here in Matthew, Peter doubted the Lord. He said, if it be thou, bid right. me come unto thee on the water. But then you see in verse 30, after he began to sink, he cried. He didn't say, if it's you, Lord, save me. He knew exactly who it was. He so, said, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Amen. And there was no doubt there. And if you think about it, I believe that Peter really did believe it was the Lord. I don't understand why he would doubt him. But I believe he thought it was because if he if he really didn't think it was the Lord out there, why would he just say, "Lord, save me"? Because he wasn't to the Lord yet. He was still walking, and he said, "Lord, save me." And that's much like us. We know that God can save us. We know that He's He's in control, and we face these storms. Then we begin to well, if if is God really going to do this? Is God really going to save us? Is God really? And then we sit here and begin to doubt Him. We begin to wonder wonder what we're going to do but then whenever it gets bad enough we can always call upon the lord and he'll always say look at where the lord was over there with peter he was within arm's reach it said in verse 31 that immediately he stretched forth his hand and called him and then i want you to notice something else over there in matthew i whenever he caught peter he called him and i would say he pulled him back up and it said that the wind ceased after they got back on the ship they were out there in the water. The storm was still raging. The winds were still blowing. The the waters were still crashing. And he Amen. walked back, walked back to the ship with the Lord. The storm was still raging. The storm, and he was he found comfort in the Lord's hand there. Amen. And so we come back to verse thirteen. This probably ain't making a lick of sense, but we come back to verse thirteen. And I know we're hitting thirty minutes, and I'm trying to hurry up. I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap it up here. We come back to verse 13. They're facing all these obstacles. And all they had to do was just cling to his hand. Just cling to his promises and just keep walking on for the Lord. And he would have took them right through it, just like he took Peter back to the ship. The storm was still raging. The winds were still howling. The waves were still crashing. He He took him right back to the ship. He didn't get scared. He wasn't afraid after that because he had the Lord right there with him. And so if we just cling to his promises and say, you know what, I know these obstacles are facing I know that they're dangerous. I know that they're big. we got these great walled cities that we're facing. we got these giants that we're facing. But we're just going to keep walking on with the Lord. We're just going to keep trusting in Him. And then you come over here to Joshua chapter 6. And we see a good example here. We see that later on, after this older generation's gone, they've done wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Now they're getting to go in here. This is their children. And they're going on and they face this wall here. And uh, the Lord has promised them that they had victory over this. He said, "Look, I've done giving you this city." He said, "Just take it, and so we see a good example here, no matter what the circumstances may be, if you'll just keep walking on with the lord you'll 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 overcome that that Jericho in your life. You'll overcome the fear, you'll overcome the walls, you'll overcome the giants and so, like Caleb said here, we're well able to overcome it
2: and why is that because the Bible says that my grace he told Paul, he says, yeah, I he says, I sought the Lord thrice that this thorn might depart from me. He said, but God told him what? He says, my grace is sufficient for thee. He says, when I'm weak, then am I strong. We can find strength in him. Amen. The weaker we are in our flesh, the stronger we can be in him. Amen. Yep. So we know that, he says, for we are well able to overcome it. We are overcomers. Amen. Amen, we are, God's given us the ability, he's given us everything we need to overcome any circumstance in our life. And I tell you, thank God this evening that we can conquer anything in Christ. Amen. Whatever it is you're
0: facing, you can it, you can let it be a stumbling block or a stepping stone. Amen. Amen. And to anybody out there listening, Canaan land is worth it. Uh, yes, there's giants. Sure. There's And they may, be, they may look intimidating. But Canaan worth it. Hallelujah. There is there's a victorious Christian life ahead of you. Hallelujah. And God's will for your life is not to live it in misery. But it's to live it in a victorious Christian life. And uh, we've got a lot, a lot of church members, church people, who is not living in Canaan land. And it's really sad, but you can live in Canaan land. I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of uh, Serving as a Good Soldier podcast. And you just remember, I know it's a wicked world, it's wicked days, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and you can serve God in a wicked day, in a wicked world.